Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and welcome to my show, Me the Science podcast. Now, this one I think you'll all be familiar with and I hope you enjoy. In your kitchen, in your cupboard as we speak, I bet you there's something that's very beneficial. There's loads of things that are beneficial. In my cupboard, sadly, it's mainly biscuits, but... In your cupboard, if you have curry powder, the stuff in the curry powder that's very useful. Now, again, many listening will be familiar with this. We've all heard of turmeric, I imagine, as a kind of a herbal thing to treat various ailments. And it goes back thousands of years, in fact, the beneficial effects of turmeric. And the active ingredient in turmeric is a chemical called curcumin. And it's been worked on for a long time. Is curcumin beneficial? You can buy curcumin in health food shops, for instance, or get it in your in your curry powder or whatever. And, and in, in India, they'd studied curcumin for a long time. And it kind of came and went. Even my lab worked on curcumin about 25 years ago as a potential immune stimulant or anti-inflammatory agent. And we got a bit of data that was interesting, to be honest, out of it. But still, it's been sort of discredited and lots of studies not confirming things, a lot of controversy about it. But I've got good news for you. It's back with a vengeance. And in the US, get this, uh, the US government, through the NIH, has spent $150 million so far, that's a lot of money at one level, in trying to explore curcumin. In other words, the scientific basis was reasonable. And the big question is, can you get more evidence to support curcumin as being beneficial? And the evidence grows that indeed it is beneficial, which is tremendous. Because not only can you get it from natural things like turmeric, but you could put it as a supplement, and some of these supplements that have it then could indeed be beneficial. The jury's still out, though. Let me get that very clear. Uh, These studies are still underway in many ways, and we need full proof of this. There's some evidence that we need more, but it's very much a work in progress. And every time something interesting happens, oh, that looks even better now. So, So the situation with curcumin is getting better. Now, as I say, it goes back through antiquity. Ayurvedic medicine, anybody interested in India will know about Ayurvedic medicine that has been used for centuries. They use extracts of turmeric in, in their medical sort of treatments, I guess, as a plant-based herbal remedy used through antiquity. So again, that makes you think there might be something going on. Uh, clearly, there's no turmeric in Ireland or Europe. It's, it's a plant that grows in exotic places, so we never had it as part of our herbal remedies. But places that grew turmeric early on, I would guess, spotted there were beneficial effects. And remember, these herbal treatments were based on observation otherwise they couldn't have persisted I guess that that gives us a clue there's something in it for definite it's in the ginger family by the way turmeric in case you want to know native to Asia and of course uh, it grows in lots of places in in Asia and that's why India became a focal point for it in many ways and of course you can get it in in curry powder if you buy that or you can get it in a supplement it's also interestingly used in cosmetics and that was the notion that it's good for dry skin and might even be anti-aging. Now, again, that bit's unproven, it must be said, or at least the evidence is a bit scrappy on it. But again, you know, you never know, and it certainly won't do any harm. I mean, it's a bit strange putting curry powder on your face, maybe. Uh, but it is curcumin that's in the cosmetics that show this benefit. And, and if this continues, I saw as well, uh, and the evidence grows, the global market will grow. And it's predicted to reach 200 million euro in about three years. Sales of these things are going up the whole time. So again, that's a useful thing to know. Now, as I say, we're most familiar with it in curry powder. It's the yellow colour, actually. In curry powder is made from curcumin and it can stain things as well, of course. And it was used then as an extract to provide yellow colouring for foodstuffs. It's got an E number. 
And as you might know, in Brussels, in the EU, they give chemicals E numbers, even though it's natural. It's called E100. Uh, and then it goes back a long way, over 100 years ago now. They purified it and got its chemical structure, and then someone could make it in the lab. It's diferyl methane is the chemical name for curcumin. So it's a real chemical that these plants themselves make. Now, of course, one question is, why do the plants make it? There has to be a reason. Evolution tells us that there's always a, usually anyway, a reason for something. It could be an insecticide because the plant makes so much of it, it keeps insects off, although there's only limited evidence for that. But certainly this, it's doing something in the plant. And um, in curry powder, then 3% of turmeric is curcumin. Now that's important. That means 97% is something else. So if you take turmeric as your, as your additive or as your uh, food stuff in a way, most of it isn't curcumin uh, that could be useful you never know lower dose can be good but still turmeric's only 3% of it now the evidence uh, is out there for allergies for cancer amazingly having anti-tumor properties in depression and even as an anti-inflammatory and that's where I was testing it and there was evidence that my lab explored and we found evidence for this, that curcumin could turn off a thing called NF-kappa-B. I think it's the first time I mentioned it. I worked at NF-kappa-B for 15 years. I waited until now, podcast number 9076, to mention NF-kappa-B. It can turn off NF-kappa-B, and our lab showed that, and that will be anti-inflammatory. And again, the evidence was, was good around that as an anti-inflammatory agent. Now, um, because it's only 3% of turmeric, you need to eat an awful lot of turmeric to get enough in. So, you know, hence the idea that you extract the curcumin or make it as a chemical and use that instead. And that, that's what's been happening in many ways in, the, in these food supplements. There's also reasonable evidence that it, it's good for joint pain in osteoarthritis. And again, that's one of the more reputable ends of this in a way. So it seems to be um, analgesic in that context. Again, we'd like more evidence, but there's some evidence for that too. So that's quite, that's quite good. Now, get this, there are 70 trials currently running with curcumin, mainly in the US, funded by the NIH, which again shows the seriousness of, of how we take this. And the disease, the big ones are chronic kidney disease, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, and indeed osteoarthritis to try and prove once and for all has it got benefit, benefits in osteoarthritis and we're kind of waiting for those trials they're properly done double blind placebo controlled trials with good numbers you know very reputable basically and, and the issue for a long time has been trials are a bit not as good as you'd like so these trials should give us the definitive answer once and for all and then the other thing that's tested is cancer and the trouble is it was recommended as an anti-cancer agent it was pretty weak the evidence but it does block a thing called angiogenesis that's where blood vessels grow into tumours tumours into blood supply it's got angiogenesis and it can limit that. So maybe there's something going on there as well. One thing that, that people worry about with this stuff is it's got poor bioavailability. Now, what that means is you can eat as much as you like, but it can't get into your body. You just expel it, you know. And, and, and if you discover a new medicine, bioavailability is a key thing to get right. There's no point in making the best medicine ever if it can't get to the part where you want it to act. And many drugs fall over. They're great in a test tube, say, or in cells in a lab, but they can't work in the body. They're poorly bioavailable. And curcumin is poorly bioavailable. And that's what makes us a bit questioning about some of the effects that are reported. Because if it can't get into the joint or the liver or whatever it is, how can it be having an effect, you see? But what's happening now is they're improving the bioavailability, they're coming up with better delivery mechanisms and they're using things called nanoparticles. These are tiny little bags 
nanoscale bags, you stick the stuff in and that makes it more bioavailable. It survives the passage through the gut, basically, is the main thing there. And lots of people are working on better delivery mechanisms. Because what I'm saying is, there's good evidence. There's evidence uh, in test tubes and cells in culture, to some extent, in in vivo, uh, that it might work. But if you make it more bioavailable, then, you know, it really prove it works, I guess. Some of these trials are using the nanoparticle encapsulated curcumin, you see, as to make sure that it gets to where you want it to go. So again, we may see that really working very well. And we can be optimistic, given all the stuff I've been telling you, you know, that, that there's hope with curcumin in many ways, that it will turn into a better treatment for some of these different conditions. So there you have it. Now, remember, a bit of curry powder won't harm you. Sprinkle it over your potatoes or whatever you fancy or into your curry as you make it you know it has turmeric which has the ingredient curcumin it'll taste good at a minimum and it won't do you any harm and who knows you may get beneficial effects from the curcumin in curry powder so there you have it the science of turmeric curry powder and curcumin and thanks very much for listening and remember my podcast is available every thursday for download and it is a news talk production